Hi, everybody. This is the Home Matters Podcast, and we are really on the road, but at home, all separate. We are not in our normal studio. Uh, we are real estate agents licensed in the state of Minnesota, as is our guest today, Samantha Piperone, who is an agent slash broker now. Um, and that's not correct to refer to that as agent slash broker, is it, Sam? You're, you're, just, you're a broker, but you're also in sales. Yes. Yep. So they take my salesperson license number away and give me a broker license number. That means you're still practicing as well as a salesperson, right? Yes, exactly. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you for being here today. And uh, otherwise, so this is the same room uh, in a different setting. So please bear with us as we go through all this. But uh, Ron and Lynn, hi, it's good to see you too. Hi, it's good to see you. It's just, it is really good. You know, this whole isolation thing, you forget how much you see, you forget friendly faces. You know, it's, it's good to see a friendly face and a good smile. And I like how you have a picture of your office in the background here for our Zoom. So it, I know how much you appreciate and enjoy being in your office when you're working. I do. I do. And I miss it, actually. I haven't been there for a week. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while yeah. for all of us. How are, how are you all faring in the new landscape? Um, really? I'm, I'm doing good. You know, after the first uh, little bit of change, uh, transitioning to a much slower pace, um, mentally, physically, everybody's good. I don't want to do this extended any longer than we have to, but we do what we have to do, right? Yep. And he's not pacing anymore, so that's a good <laughs> <laughs> You've got it. It's sort of like having a bull in the pen, right? You can't just be out working yeah. and moving and doing. You have to... You know, at the yeah. zoo, those wild cats that pace their pace in their environment. That was Ron for the first week. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I I'm not going to lie. The first couple of days coming, you know, because we are all very busy in our in our in our work and our lifestyles. And the first couple of days are really tough uh, to just pull all of that energy back and refocus. But uh, I'm I'm better. Yes. Good. How about you, Sam? Oh, pretty good. I. Like Ron and Lynn said, it takes a couple days to kind of get used to it. But what is nice is being at home, your to-do list starts to start to dwindle a little bit. You finally get a couple things done. You know, I think I cleaned our crawl space, probably hadn't clean, been cleaned in 20 years when I cleaned that yesterday all day. So it's my allergies. If you notice me sneezing or anything, it's not <laughs> that I'm sick. <laughs> And that's okay. You can't, we're, we're not, you, we're, we're not going to get sick through the Zoom conference, which is good. Yeah, <laughs> even, right. <laughs> even though we're close to each other here. Um, you know, and personally, I've got, my boys are home, my wife is working from home, and I feel like my to-do list has actually almost quadrupled because oh. I've got things oh. for the list of work items, but then now I'm having to clean the house and do laundry and, you know, stay on top of the dogs and the kids and make sure we're all doing our stuff. So it's great. I'm staying, staying busy, doing all sorts of different things. And oddly, uh, maybe you can also speak to this. I, I have had the opportunity since, even since uh, Walls's uh, statewide, you know, we call it a mandatory quarantine, although there's no law enforcement uh, holding that together is that uh, I have shown some houses and that has also been weird. Yeah, you know, I, it has been and I had um, a buyer that was looking for a very specific uh, price range and area and there was a coming soon that went live Thursday 
of last week uh, and it went live to show on Saturday. So I grabbed a 930 an appointment and I got there and I was actually surprised that there was somebody showing ahead of us and it was a very clean house. And then when we were leaving, there was somebody waiting to get in. And the end of that story is we were in multiples. I, he, I had, he went to, with a very good offer and we were in multiples, this one plus two others, and he did not get it. And so that just kind of speaks to the market is still out there. But his first question to me is, can we look at houses? And I said, yes. Um, it really depends on the level of comfort of the buyer, the seller, and the realtor who's working. Yeah, I've seen, you know, just because we're connected with other agents at other offices and different other brokerages, I've seen people commenting about uh, the challenges that they faced uh, and people are having to move or yeah. having to purchase, um, whether or not they're thinking about it as their investment uh, bottom line anymore. They just have to make a move. And there's been some different ways of showing houses and, and people kind of keeping apart from each other. And then a lot of this kind of stuff, we're on a video conference and I've seen that people are doing virtual showings as well. Yeah. I was looking at the market and, and the numbers as far as our active uh, really haven't changed. We're at 186 active uh, single family homes today. There are 33 currently under inspection, but um, just in the last 10 days, uh, 13 of those have gone under inspection and 58 are pending. So in the, if we go back today past 10, uh, there's still some activity out there. And I would stop at making any long-term predictions because this is something that is very different than anybody here has ever experienced. But I still think because our market is been so um, minimal in, in active inventory choices that people who do want to buy and are not afraid of going out and being cautious, um, they actually could have I don't want to say a better market, but maybe a better ch chance at getting the house that they want because they're not competing with a really long line. Uh, like the house I showed on Saturday, if it had been a regular house, maybe last year at this time, we would have been all standing on the sidewalk, you know, neck deep and, and buyers looking. So I think still it's, it's a good opportunity or a good time for people who are looking for a house that are comfortable as long as everybody's safe. And that yeah, looks different, I would imagine, for a lot of people um, as far as what you're doing. So were you, how was that? I mean, you're just kind of standing six feet apart from each other or more when you're in the house? Well, it was interesting and the house was vacant. Uh, the realtor before me was wiping everything down because the, the, uh, the, either the seller or the realtor, the listing agent had left uh, Clorox wipes and all that kind of stuff there. So everything was wiped down before I got there. And then obviously I used the lockbox access the key and then went in and took my shoes off. And then I was very careful to not touch anything in the house. I was using my elbows to do light switches and those kinds of things. And then the buyer was also uh, careful. Uh, I was surprised he wasn't as careful as I thought he would be, but uh, we kept our distance and spent 45 minutes in the house looking it over and it went fine actually. So. Uh, again, just taking a little bit extra precaution. That's good. Mm -hmm. Lynn, how are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, have you been out? Have you been out working with Ron with any of these showings? Have you experienced that, or you have you been letting him 
take care I of all that. That I I have been home. I've I've felt more comfortable staying at home. Mm -hmm. um, I've done a few things with staging since this all started. Um, I think I've had three staging appointments. Um, so, but that was fairly early on, and now I'm doing a lot of those questions and things via email. Um, and a couple of them are close within walking distance. And so I have walked or, you know, just kind of been in and out and careful of, again, careful of what you touch, um, not getting terribly close. And, you know, it's, it's interesting to see people's reaction. I think I, I'm really, really proud of Minnesota and I'm proud of the response that as a state we've had, the governor continues to tell us that we're doing a good job. So I'm really proud of that for our people. Um, but it is different to see the response. Some people, some people are still going, this is no big deal. And I'm not sure what it will ever take to wake that mindset up at this stage of the game. But for the most part, people are very respectful. I was out walking the dog the other day and a lady, she saw me coming up the street and she said, I'll go back, I'll get out of the way. And I said, no, it's okay, I can cross the street. You know, she was out doing yard work. And so people, but they're friendly, they're waving, they're talking to you. Um, we had kind of a neighbors who had a fight, their fire pit out in their driveway and they were doing, you know, uh, um, like they had a fire going last night and we, they're both lenders, they're in lending. And we stood and talked a little bit about the market with them. Um, everybody okay with the distance. So I've been really, really proud of the people and how they've responded um, in such a positive way to this, because this has been a shakeup. It's been hard for people. And I have, I've not heard anybody really grumbling or crabby about it. So Minnesota is a great place to be right now for this kind of thing. Sure is. Sam, how about you? Have you been out uh, able to do business out and about? Have you had to do that extremely carefully or have you been able to stay home and on the phone or on video? Um, for the most part, it's kind of been at home. I'm trying to get stuff done, you know, go through my sphere of influence, try, you know, some different marketing tactics. Um, actually, just the other day, I started going through some of my past clients and I'm about halfway done and I gave every single one of them a phone call or a text. Um, chatting back and forth just to say hi, not even about real estate, just seeing how they're handling everything and if family's doing good. And it was so nice to get back in touch with them. Um, but I do have a listing appointment on Thursday um, and I was actually supposed to go there, but right before I hopped on here, I got a text saying that they were in contact with someone who tested positive over the weekend. So now we're going to go do a Google Duo for the listing appointment instead of me going over there. So we're going to try that. So that'll be my awesome. first um, virtual listing appointment. <laughs> yeah, and what a prime example of how everything is shifting too is because if somebody has had contact, you mm -hmm. know, that's that 14 day quarantine that's been recommended that you don't get in touch with people. And what if someone told you that they were in contact with someone and said, let's still meet face to face. I mean, that's a decision that we all have to make. Yeah, it, yep, that's business. a good choice. Me personally, I'd probably say, um, let's try to do Google Duo. But... And I can walk you through all the steps of the te technology. Yeah. Yes, right. Yeah, and again, I think that really, like I said before, is going to 
down the road, the benefit to all this, whatever our new normal is going to look like is we, we won't be as hesitant if we need to, if we're busy, somebody needs a staging idea or somebody needs something and we can't make time in our schedule to go to them. We could, we're, I think a lot of us are going to be a lot more comfortable doing it this way. Mm -hmm. um, and it will be convenient for everyone involved uh, in the right circumstances. So Ron, maybe as far as the market goes, correct me if I'm wrong, but what we are seeing is we are seeing houses that are still selling. Yes. Um, what I've seen in the houses that I've been asked to show uh, of the few is that they were vacant. So it was easier to show those homes. I, 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 none of them that I've shown were, were owner occupied. Uh, and it seems that there maybe there is more of a shift towards seeing the people who are selling and buying are in the camp of they need to be moving. It's, it's not really by choice. They're not thinking, hey, well, you know what, we're in this house, but we could use a five bed, two bath, three bath instead of, you know, our two bed, one bath. Uh, we're not seeing a lot of those moving. We're, we're seeing the people who are in need of maybe moving into town. Residents are still going to be coming to Rochester. Um, what are your thoughts on that? No, I agree. And it, it will be interesting as this evolves because, I mean, obviously we've been uh, changing and in changing environment, it seems like every day. But I think the longer that we go into this, I think you're absolutely right. The, the houses that are occupied, uh, and we've got several listings that are actually four of them that are looking at coming on and they are all occupied. So we're just kind of providing uh, guidance, but waiting to see what they want to do when it actually comes time to go live. And and I think the longer that we're into this, that you're probably right. That only the people that really need to move uh, by have a lot of motivation to, to purchase right now will be the ones that will be out there just looking at everything in the market. Actually, uh, the buyers, I was listening to the buyers talk that left the house I was talking about on Saturday. And they were, they had just accepted a job here and we're moving here from Green Bay, Wisconsin. So they were here on a full day tour. Uh, and that would definitely look different today than it did a week ago. And my guess is in two weeks, it'll still look different yet, depending. Right. And then hopefully six, eight weeks down the road, this conversation is a lot looser that we're not so worried about it once we get into June or July. Uh, yeah, that'd be a yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're all hoping optimistically that that is indeed the case. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead, sorry. You know, the, the other thing that will be interesting, and, and obviously we've seen, <clears throat> excuse me, Lynn and I have seen a lot of changes. I mean, the first significant uh, thing that we dealt with was 9-11 uh, when things just went absolutely quiet immediately. And then, you know, during 7, 8, and 9, the mortgage meltdown, uh, it took the economy a while to come back to life, especially after the mortgage crisis. For this one, it will be interesting because the economy globally has been good for a long time. It is going to be a reset. But with respect to southeastern Minnesota, most of our industry is uh, medical. And so for the most part, the medical people, the IT people are working and they're not uh, at home idle on layoff. So I'm hopeful that once our economy does, or once this is over, that our economy will again be like it has before and and we'll just move right ahead as quickly as possible and better probably than a lot of other communities across the country. I suppose that's the good and the bad of it, right? Is that uh, we're a hospital community, a clinic community, but they are going to be very busy yep. more than likely in the days to come. <clears throat> yep. 
So I think this might be a good transition point, really kind of from the market to where Sam, where you've been. Is, so you are still a member of CMAR, as from what I understand, you, you're um, on the board with Southeast Minnesota Association of Realtors? Yes, so um, I, there's the association side, which more is the politics side, and then there's the MLS side, um, which is the one I'm on. So that's more the technology piece. Um, so, you know, when we merged into North Star, we didn't think that CMAR would still have an MLS board. But just looking at bylaws and how everyone else has done it, when they combine with an MLS, they still have it. So as of right now, I believe I'm almost year two and a half, almost three of being president. Because um, now it's a lot less meetings, a lot less work. So we're just kind of having the same people stick with it for now. So three years in that position, it sounds like one that you're not able to leave. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think so. <laughs> not, not lately. <laughs> right. But that's okay. Um, the, I love it so much because it, it keeps my mind at the forefront of the industry and the technology of the industry, which I think is one of the biggest parts. I mean, and it's only going to get more important, right? Especially, I mean, yeah. look at it right now. <laughs> so some of the new policies that have come through with the MLS changes, you've been privy then to what's going on with, you know, things like the open house tab, we call it, but we're kind of changing things up in the MLS with what we're able to do really to follow Governor Walls's guidelines. Yes. Yeah, so a few of the things like you had mentioned, so they took our open house field away. So um, I guess you could still try to hold an open house, but you're not gonna be able to market that open house. So therefore, probably not the best option. Um, a couple other things, we've had these fields for quite a while, um, but one of the fields is temporarily off market. So Say, you, say your seller's just not comfortable showing their house during this time, which is very understandable, especially if they live in there and have kids and you know. Um, so they can go into this status where it stops the days on market from counting. Um, and then the other field is coming soon. I believe that normally our rule is you have 21 days in the coming soon status before you have to go active. They are now pushing that out to 60 days. Um, hoping that there are some more answers and life gets back to normal within 60 days versus that 21 days. So those were two of the bigger items that they did. Um, they did ask us to, I mean, we've had this for a while, but trust funds, um, that's the way, you know, we can kind of handle earnest money. And they're asking us to use trust funds instead of a paper check that I'm having to get from my buyer and then give it to the listing brokerage and then they have to give it to someone and that's four or five hands that have touched that one piece of paper already so things like that um they're asking if you are showing your house as you're living in it you know uh leave the lights on realtors don't turn the lights off just as minimal things as you can touch um so just stuff like that again some of these are rules some of these are just a here's a tidbit it might help so right and explain explain trust funds we know that term because we're all in the industry but if someone was listening to this and they went <sighs> trust fund, because that in my mind conjures up 
you know, like trusts and estates and stuff like that. Right. Okay, so trust funds is a program that was rolled out quite a few years ago and CMAR um, and North Star adopted it probably two and a half, three years ago would be my guess. And so what it does is when we have earnest money for a purchase agreement, so that's kind of your goodwill sign as a buyer that you're a serious buyer and do plan on going through. Um, instead of giving us a check, you go into this program that the realtor actually sends you a link and that's how your earnest money gets to the listing brokerage to get held until closing. Uh, does that kind of make sense? Perfect. So is it, is it secure? How, how do I know that all of my banking information is secure during this process? So one thing they do, it's not actually your bank account information. It's like a debit card. Um, but again, everything is secure when they're, you know, say as your buyer's agent, I set this up, I send you the email. There's also a safe word or a password that you have to use. So I make up the password and then I have to give that to my buyers in order for them to do it. So that's just another safety feature that they have. Um, and trust funds is a very well-known company in the industry. So, you know, they have a lot of protective measures that they take. Do I know all of them? No, <laughs> but it's pretty safe. But I believe it's, it's been recommended by the National Association. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. The National Association of Realtors has, I think, you know, and I, and I could be wrong on this, and maybe you guys agree or don't agree, um, but sometimes I feel like in the real estate industry and probably other things, everything starts on the coast and then comes in. Yes. So we're actually kind of the, one of the last states that adopted trust funds. It's been a really nice change for uh, the clients that we've used it with, as far as I've known. I haven't seen any... Um, problems with ours that one little hang up that we had once was that somebody was trying to use I think maybe a, like a money market fund and you can't do that it has no. to be a checking account where that money comes from it can't be a long-term savings account um, but it's yeah. really handy and it can be one of those things that we get that step taken care of sometimes in as few as just uh, as little as a few minutes well, yeah is that it's probably safer because the way we used to handle earnest money checks is a buyer would give me a check so i had access to that check and then we would pass it off to our broker so our broker had access to the check and then or or to another broker and then an agent over there i mean your check actually passed through more mm -hmm. more loopholes in that old system than it ever mm -hmm. does now through trust funds. So I think it's actually safer and protective than what we used to do. Yeah, well, and then you think, you know, sometimes lenders require that proof of earnest money. So now all of a sudden we're scanning your check into mm -hmm. the lender, where now with trust funds, there's all your personal information besides your name is hidden but it says your name and then trust funds of this amount. Mm. And then that's what's sufficient for the lender. Mm. So that helps too. And you know, in our contracts, you only get so many business days 
to get that earnest money check. And, you know, I just had a deal for some land and the agent was from Wisconsin. Well, how else are we supposed to, I'm not driving to Wisconsin with an earnest money check. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I will if I had to, but trust funds lets us not have to do that. So. So Sam, you just had a closing on that. Uh, was it last Thursday on that piece of land? And I know that we've had some closings here recently. Um, what are your thoughts, everyone's thoughts here on how the title companies are really changing how they have to do it? Because refinances are still through the roof, still happening. There are still, I mean, you just said, Ron, that uh, quite a few homes are pending, just went pending. There are a lot of closings happening. If we ask our friends, say a Rochester title, uh, that whole business landscape is changing as well. What have you seen? Uh, so I think they have done extremely well with handling their, you know, their new guidelines that they have to follow. Um, so my clients on Friday at their closing, uh, my first closing ever I've had to miss but it's because I was not, you know, an essential person to be there and they're just trying to minimize contact. Um, so I was so happy for my buyers, but I was sad I couldn't be there, but they did a drive-through closing. So they never even got out of their car. They oh, had wow. the closing documents about a week before closing so they could review them. If they had questions, they could ask the questions before the actual closing time. Um, and then, yeah, the, the closer just stood outside with their notary and signed everything right at the doorstep or right at the um, window. So it was pretty interesting, I was told. <laughs> it's amazing how quickly it's all changing too, because when I was at a closing two weeks ago, they were talking about doing that and had not done it yet. They were talking about drive-through closings and they have had to adjust on a dime how quickly they've had to do that. So um, who would have thought that you'd be buying a house while sitting in your car and yeah. <laughs> signing all the tab documents? Now, I think they're also going to, uh, they're working on a virtual closing as well. And I know that that's something that has only recently become, become legal where you would be able to do e-signatures for closing on a property. I don't know if any of us know this. We might have to ask our friend, Sarah. Yeah, yeah, we would. I'm because I'm not sure about that. Ron, Lynn, do you guys know? I no, I think I call a friend. Is that one of our lifelines that we? Can yeah, call a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I think the hangup has been uh, just the bank paperwork requiring actual signatures because we can we can do a, a valid purchase agreement via electronic signatures. But um, again, I don't know. If there's any markets, maybe Sam, you do across the country that are actually doing um, electronic closings because of the banking industry, but I don't know that for a fact because of- could be an exception maybe that would happen. I mean, because we, yeah. have, we have closings in the pipeline that are coming up that right. it's very possible something like that might have to happen as things progress with, right. you know, with this event that we have going on. Yeah, and what's a little sad, like Sam mentioned too, is that now the, the, the rules that the title companies have set up is that we are not essentially, we're, we're not welcome at the closing table. They only want people there who are signing the paperwork. Right. Yeah, and that is, that is kind of a, 
an aha moment because we have always attended and and i know always is a big word but we have always attended uh our closings and it was it's going to be different and inspections you know and now we're asked not to go to inspections and i know there are agents who don't but we have always gone to the inspection and been there to um see with our own eyes what the inspector finds and things like that and now we're being you know we're coaching the buyers with inspections that we weren't in attendance. So there are a lot of things that have changed in our industry. Yeah. And it's pushing us out of our comfort zone too. I mean, we open up houses and we know our liabilities and that we know we're the ones who are keeping an eye on someone else's house, making sure that the doors are locked when we leave and that the lights are off and that everything has been taken care of, but it's, it's uncomfortable to not be present in some of these situations. Mm-hmm. But the good thing is, if I'm a buyer and I'm coming into the area or I'm moving anywhere and I have to buy a house, it has, it, again, I've been terribly impressed with the way the industry has uh, stepped up to the plate and made some adjustments for us. They've made some hard asks like we were just talking about. But if I, if I was relocating and I had a new job, it, it's comforting to know that that it's okay that they're going to be able to find a home in this new city wherever they're going mm-hmm. yep another maybe just something i'll throw out there i don't know if even this is a good question but one thing that we've noticed is that closings are taking a little bit longer for a couple of reasons non-coronavirus related because interest rates have been so low that so many people are refinancing and, uh, and I'm one of them. And when I was talking to my lender and he's, we're talking maybe a 70 day closing oh, for wow. that. And then trying to move first time home or move home buyers into the lead on that. But even that is maybe out to about 60 days because wow. of all the backlog. And then on top of that, we're seeing regulation changes within the Fed. Now that is coronavirus related. So uh, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, changes that are happening there. Um, I, I haven't been able to keep my thumb on the pulse of all that, but trying to pay attention to all the new stuff that's coming out, even after the big stimulus bill, there are changes that are affecting our industry as far as timing goes. And it used to be that some of our lenders could close if they had to, maybe even in less than 30 days. I think that's gone for a little while. Randy, what's that doing to like buyer interest rate locks and things like that? So they were down to really low amounts, but something has happened and I'm not exactly sure of this. This would maybe another phone a friend here, but home rates, even though the Fed prime has been dropped to zero, home rates actually just recently in the last few weeks jumped up a little bit because of the overall demand for refinancing. So they were down to maybe 2.8 to three. And some of the recent rates that I've seen are a little bit higher than three. But still, it's so low that even those, those little changes, I mean, we used to, I remember when people were making a run on refinancing when they dropped down to 5 and 6%. Yeah. And that would be high. But remember, buyers have a rate lock that um, their rate lock expires after 60 days. After they've locked in their interest rate, it would expire oh. after 60 days. And so if we're having 70-day closings, what happens? Has... Has the banking industry adjusted that as well? Do you know? I don't know if they uh, have had to do that or not. I would imagine that if they're the ones that 
you know, are kind of the, the hurdle point right there. If the bank is the speed bump, you'd think that they would adjust, but I don't know. They're having to, they're having to make some quick decisions too. I know that um, HUD has been mandated to not have any foreclosures for a certain amount of time. Um, there's a lot of stuff that seems to be changing in the industry of home ownership and, and, and lending and all of that that's almost on a weekly to daily change basis. I got a call yesterday from an appraiser. He had scheduled an appraisal next week. It's a conventional loan. And he said that um, he's no longer allowed to go in the house. So he was canceling the appraisal, but he still would be doing the appraisal from the outside. Uh, so it'll be interesting because another house that we have um, a listing, it's an FHA loan and their uh, appraisals are a little bit more in-depth and strict. Strict. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when that appraisal comes along, um, if there's any delays, if they go inside, those types of things. So on that note, I was talking with my lender just yesterday at about 4.30 p.m., so this may have changed since then, okay. but he was telling me then that for FHA, VA, and USDA rural loans, that those appraisers had also been told not to go into homes uh, just because of all the social distancing rules that are happening from the Fed level down. Do you think that's because some of the appraisers had stopped doing appraisals? Because we had someone mm. tell us that. Some of them were self-isolating. Yes. Um, and so do you think that they changed that so that the appraisers would actually keep doing appraisers? Or Potentially. Appraisal? I would imagine, yeah. And then also what happens if you are a day from an appraisal and the resident who's living in that home says, I just had contact yesterday morning with somebody who tested positive for coronavirus or for COVID-19. So even then, there's so many things, so many possible wrenches in the gears that it's hard to keep track of where everything would go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I Everyone seems to be pretty flexible on that, though. I know that the that banks don't want to be holding up the system. They certainly want people to be able to refinance. So it seems like everyone's being pretty nimble and you um, know, from one day to the next. I was going to say before Ron started talking, it's, it's amazing to me really, because as a rule, people don't like change. Mm -hmm, no. Has really, really went, okay, we can do this. I mean, I, I was sitting in a closing table before we went into this um, self, uh, social distancing and listening to the closers talk about how are we going to do this if they do, and now they're doing it. I mean, that quickly, now they're doing it. So for people as a, as a society, there are a few people who thrive on change, but when it comes down to these kinds of details, not everybody does, but people are really, really stepping up to the plate and making this work. Which I think is another positive to all this because we have all learned that we can change and flex pretty quickly if we need to. Um, whereas you know, a month ago, the things we're doing today were unthinkable for most of us. So it, I think going forward will be a little bit more adaptable, I'm hoping. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna have to be. Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting, our daughter is an educator and somebody else who's on the front line, those, those educators trying to figure out how to, how to teach these kids at a distance. And um, 
her master's degree happened to be in, in doing online classes. And so she's just like loving this, you know, and the rest of the department is, is you know, coming along. Um, but I think that the students, I, I saw pictures of students that being educated at home and they're all just doing fine. So, you know, it, it's, I think as a society, we are, we are learning to, to cross some of those lines and boundaries and go, okay, let's, let's keep this economy going as much as we possibly can. And I'm grateful that we are able to even do what we're doing. I really am. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of education, Sam, tell us a little bit about uh, Broker. Um, you just went through the old Broker's class and uh, got your license. Um, why? And a couple things that you learned that may have surprised you, if anything. All right. Um, so I think the main, well, the main reason I got the broker's license is it's such a good refresher. Yes. You can, in my eyes, you can never have too much education. I wanted to better myself and I figured that was one way to do it. Um, from a consumer standpoint, I do think that when you have broker behind the name, uh, they, they understand that more than if I were to have a designation from the National Association of Realtors. You know, just like when you go to a doctor's office and see all the initials behind their name, I have no idea what those mean. But if they're a doctor, I just automatically think they know what they're doing. <laughs> um, and then I accepted the backup broker position for our office. So that was another reason I did it. Um, I, I loved it. I did do all my classes online and I, it was so nice for the refresher. Majority of it, I thought, yep, yep, I remember that. Yep, I remember that. Uh, yep, that's an everyday work life. And then there's a couple of things that, you know, I just went, oh, that's how that works. Um, and that, for me, that was more part of the classes that were employer based because they do go over you know being a broker and in you know owning a brokerage and having agents under you and kind of some employee laws and stuff like that i've never had to work in that capacity before um so a lot of that type of stuff surprised me um and then once i got those tests taken i was just so happy to be done <laughs> <laughs> But you said that this is really the area of the industry that you love. You love the law and the details. And I the do. So yeah, you, the, this is kind of up your alley. It is. The paperwork part is in the attention to detail. I, that's what I love. I, I mean, I love meeting my clients and showing houses and stuff like that. Um, but the paperwork part, I know I'm good at that's black or white right either it's filled out and you know who's paying what or it's not um and so that's what I like it's black and white it's a lot easier <laughs> so if and when we make a mistake on a purchase agreement or an addendum or an amendment you are going to be on us yeah yep I'll try catch him <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad for that yeah somebody who's got your back I mean we you know, it's a team of people that, that get the job done for you, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, everyone is human, right? And sometimes you show a house and 
in an hour, they're presenting multiple offers and you're kind of in a hurry to get one written up. Um, so there's just times that it is easy to make a mistake and that's what I'm here for. I check everything and if there was a mistake made, I just ask for what we need and all the agents are so wonderful and understanding about it. I've had zero problems so far. And majority of our paperwork is good. Just yeah. every once in a great while, like I said, you just forget to put something in or you surpassed it or, you know. Cross that to your death at eye, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so how is that changing your daily workflow as, as an agent slash broker now? Um, are you, is there a certain number of hours per week that you're handling some of the broker duties? Or are you going to be in the office? So I suppose now everything's kind of out the window for hours, but um, what does that look like as far as different daily life routine? Um, so, you know, I was working from home quite a bit more throughout this winter, but as soon as I got my broker's license and being the backup broker, I knew I had to be at the office more just so that people could see my face and if they have questions. Um, so I did, I went into the office probably every day for at least probably four or five hours. Um, and then I'd go show houses or whatever after that. With the whole uh, COVID-19 virus thing going on, I have not been going into the office as much. Uh, just trying to, you know, for lack of better words, just trying to do my part uh, in all this. Um, but yeah, I plan on going to the office a lot more. You know, I plan on going in more mornings, getting all my paperwork stuff done, and then that'll allow me to show the houses in the afternoon and meet with clients and listing appointments and all that stuff. So, but it's still flexible. You know, if I meet with someone in the morning, I'll just go in in the afternoon. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, cool, you guys. I've got a, a, a final question for all three of you. Okay. So as, as uh, you know, I guess, it, what was it in the 90s or around 2000 when if you were, worked for somebody, your manager handed you the book, Who Moved My Cheese? Uh, if you've heard about that one, I think everybody that just globally now has had their cheese moved. Uh, the world is different. Um, so what are you doing as, as a human being and business person to keep your mindset positive? What are you doing keep your wits about you and then keep moving forward as opposed to worrying about where we're at this day. How about you, Ron? Um, I like the question. Um, and I'm going to go back to a conversation we were having last night. I, I've really had to uh, monitor my uh, input of news and um, resources and really try and focus on what's accurate and then leave that day by day. But the bigger thing is when we were in a conversation last night with our neighbors, um, it's easy to fall into the, the, the talk about the virus and all the effect it's having. But, you know, I think I'm more tuned in right now to people as humans and what's going on in their life and how their job is affecting, um, you know, their daily activities and their kids and stuff like that. So rather than immediately going to conversations about the virus, I want to talk more about who we are as people and, and just um, keep that connection as humans. Awesome. How about you, Lynn? Um, I am, I am really a routine gal. I like routines. Um, and I like some flexibility, but I find, I find that my, 
I, I stay a lot more balanced and centered if I, so we're still getting up at the same time every day. We get ready for the day. We, um, I find something to do that's productive and either in the business or just within my home, you know, I, I change if, if things start to weigh me down, I'm like Ron, I'm, I, I watch very little news and I even am very careful on Facebook um, to just be, you know, careful of how much influence you let the virus have. We're doing what we need to do. I do like to listen to the governor because I think he gives us a really balanced uh, look at what's happening out there. But I, if, I, if I start to feel the weight of it, what I've, I have found to be very, very helpful is I change directions. I do something different. So my thought processes change. And I also have spent a great deal of time reaching out to other people, but that's, I'm, I'm wired like that. So I reach out via, you know, text or, or a little bit of messaging on Facebook or uh, sending emails, um, FaceTiming with people, especially people who uh, have, a, have a tendency to struggle. And I, and I think about people who are like living alone. That, that's gotta be really tough on people who have no social interaction at all. I mean, Ron and I, you know, can talk to each other. Sometimes people can't. And I've even connected some of those people so that they have someone of interest to start to get to know and to talk to through this time period. So I've been pretty intentional about keeping that, that side of me that needs human communication um, active and, and encouraging people um, because I am a pretty positive outlook on life and I think that we are going to be better because of this but I do have to sometimes pause and change directions and and find something different to do that's going to occupy my mind so that my thoughts don't go down the rabbit trail sure good Sam um I just I keep busy I think for people the biggest thing is to keep busy your mind busy your body busy and I, I think they correlate. So I have, like I've said, you know, I've been reaching out to past clients to get that human contact. Uh, I love my husband so much, but sometimes it's nice to talk to someone else. Um, and then I've been taking this time to deep clean. So I have been cleaning my walls, my countertops, my cabinets inside and out. Like I said, the crawl space, the sheds, you know, so I'm just keeping myself busy. And then I think a huge piece of mental and physical health is exercise. And I don't care how you do it. You know, I play with my dogs outside. I go on a walk with them. Um, I obviously can't go to the gym right now. So my trainer, him and I will, you know, Zoom every once in a great while. And he gave me a great idea. He's like, well, you don't have any gym equipment, but you have a duffel bag and you can put some rocks or something in there and that can be your weight so i think as long as you can keep yourself in somewhat of a routine and busy i think everyone will stay positive and like lynn said i think it'll be better when we come out on the other side of this yeah yep. how about you, you Randy? Yeah. So, you know, I've been, uh, yeah, I've been incredibly busy and I know that we, it's, it's almost getting, it's kind of the stereotype of real estate agents as you ask them what they're doing and they'll tell you they're busy. I mean, we'll break into a cockpit of a jet pilot, you know, as he's making a landing and tell them how busy we are. Um, 
you know, I, but I have been staying busy and it's just a matter of you have to put something or I have to put something in my agenda for the day. And, you know, I'm very thankful when I have had those opportunities to uh, be in touch with a client, uh, to show a house. But to be honest, that just hasn't been the bulk of where my busy has come from. It's been a matter of taking care of some business, whatever that happens to be. Um, I stay busy with fitness, like you were saying. I've been, uh, I get a daily workout in, if not two daily workouts. Uh, yesterday I was playing in the woods. I was making sure that my yard was cleaned up and I need to do a bunch of work around the house. Um, so I am just maintaining something on my calendar and then, you know, keeping an eye on my email and reaching out to people and talking with who I can. And I've also been learning about how great this has been for our need to stay in touch with, you know, older friends. And um, I'm reaching out now and having a visit with friends from high school. And we never would have had that conversation outside of this global thing that's happening. So, you know, we're all going to hang out tomorrow. And then there's a game night with friends from the gym on Friday night via Zoom. So, and then with the family, we're doing the Avengers movie or the, the Marvel movie marathon. And we're doing it in, a, in the chronological order. So just fun, nerdy stuff to stay busy as a family too. And again, and again, I think that, that, that you know, it's a positive because we will understand that uh, slowing down a little bit, staying in touch, staying, staying deliberate about our, com our communication is, is really a good thing. It's a reset that we probably need. I don't know that we needed it this way, but as a society, I think we needed it. And I have loved to see how neighbors have started doing social hours, um, you know, six feet apart, but they meet in their backyard or they like the fire pit parties or, you know, I have loved and you, you see people out playing with their kids in the yard. I mean, yeah, I've seen cul-de-sac happy hours, yes. everyone standing in their driveway. All kinds of ways people are connecting and that's so healthy for us as a, as a society. Yes, it is. Well, this is awesome. Any final thoughts for anybody before we wrap this up? I think we're uh, about 45 minutes so far. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's been fun. It's been fun to see you too. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's great to see all of you guys. This is fantastic. Dear. Hopefully we can do this at the office soon. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. That would be great. Well, we want to thank everybody for listening. This is the Home Matters Podcast, the first one done remotely. And we're the Whiteman Brock Real Estate Advisors team. Plus, this is Sam Pyferone, Samantha. She's also working at Property Brokers in Minnesota as a salesperson and as a broker now. And uh, Sam, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Our email address is info at whitemanbrock.com. So that uh, web address, whitemanbrock.com. You find us in the places, Instagram, Facebook, we're there. Thank you.